Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Floor 9. I am your host, Scott Elchiston. With me, as always, is my co-host, Adam Simon. Adam, hello. Hello. How's your week going? Good. Good. Mine's crazy. Mine's out of control. <laughs> oh, I didn't say it wasn't crazy. Uh, yeah, it feels, uh, true. Feels, like, uh, feels like every week is a weird week that is overstuffed with, with things. I feel like it, it's been every week <laughs> since, since uh, the, the new year started. It's 2021. Why stop working? <laughs> <laughs> Let's work more. This week, everybody, we have a fantastic episode packed with just some great conversation around uh, what's going on in, with Facebook in Australia. But more importantly, uh, Spotify had their Stream On event uh, announcing a bunch of new products uh, in the Spotify platform for both music and podcasters and how Spotify sees the future of audio uh, kind of shaping. So we're going to break all this down for you today. And Adam, as we were talking about before the show... You know, we talked last week about what was happening with Google and Facebook in Australia, and we're back this week, and some things have happened pretty rapidly. Uh, so very quickly, since of last week, what were like the, the key things that happened with Facebook uh, and what's going on in Australia? Yeah, so Facebook, basically, they're doing the same thing that Google is doing. They're making deals with news publishers in order to avoid this legislation. Uh, basically, the, the major concession they got from the government is that the, they have 30 days notice if they are going to enforce this legislation. Um, and uh, that Facebook basically indicated they'll, they'll pull out again if, if, it's, if it's forced, um, <laughs> because that's, that's what the 30 days is for. And, you know, I think, uh, personally, I'm a little disappointed because I think Facebook was honestly doing the right thing in, in this case. I think uh, the government is at the behest of uh, major news organizations, uh, uh, some of them run by Rupert Murdoch, is basically trying to funnel money from Facebook and Google to um, the biggest news organizations. Uh, and they are succeeding in doing that. And it just feels a little bit like a shakedown. Uh, and regardless of what you think about Facebook or Google, um, I think that it just the way that this whole thing was handled is just really kind of uh, icky. Um, and the way that it that, that it was managed, I'm not saying that there's not an argument to be made here. But the way that it was actually handled is not uh, entirely above board. Um, and Facebook and Google are basically throwing money at it to make the problem go away. Um, the other thing that we didn't see that I think a lot of us were curious about is, um, you know, we were hearing anecdotal reports that users were mad at Facebook uh, around this. So I think we didn't know how that would play out. Um, I would say that probably the, those perceptions are being shaped by the mainstream media coverage of the event. Uh, media is, is, is just terrible at, at being objective when talking about itself. Um, and I, I, <laughs> I think the thing that we are missing is that there, there were a lot of... Uh, of people curious about just we know that that uh, a lot of misinformation can spread on social media. Uh, we know that uh, also you know stories tend to be more clickbaity and, and stuff for social media, even from reputable news organizations. So I think there was this question of oh, this is going to be an interesting social experiment. What does removing news from social media look like, <laughs> and and is that actually better for society? Um, but of course, it it wasn't uh, without news for long enough for us to really get a a reading uh, on on that barometer, things are basically back to normal. Uh, I think that uh, we can expect lots more things like this to be happening around the world. Hopefully, some countries will take a little bit more of a 
higher road and a more you know forthright position in, in how they approach uh, these deals. Uh, I would like to see some of this money sort of be earmarked for things like actually paying journalists and, and uh, rather than sending the money back to shareholders or something like that. Um, I'd like to see things like uh, like nonprofit local news be something that is supported by these initiatives. Uh, you know, if you're going to tax tech companies to support news, then just do that. But then actually support news is the other side of it. Uh, and I think that this... Uh, Australian thing was just neither a real tax nor actually supports news uh, at the end of the day. That's why I just feel kind of not great about it. And I hope that, that we, mm-hmm. I hope that every other country who is, I'm sure plan, a lot of them are planning to uh, launch similar initiatives are taking notes on what is uh, perceived as good and, and not good about this uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super interesting. And, you know, to your point, like, you look at Facebook and you said that you think that they were probably doing the right thing, which is not the narrative that you hear <laughs> around around Facebook. And so it's a it's tough when Facebook has been um, that like brand reputation is so leaning towards the negative that yeah. even when credit needs to be given where it's due, it's very hard for that to even happen because there's a way to maybe skew it or, you know, whatever it may, might be. And so th- th- it's a hard position for Facebook to be in. And to your point, I don't know if this is a priority for them or Google. I would love to hear honestly from Facebook what their take on this is. I imagine there's, you know, two camps uh, two, or two minds there because I could imagine a world where, you know, Facebook says that only about 4% of uh, content that is shared on their platform is news. I would, Im- I can imagine a world where Facebook just bans news everywhere. Society gets better. People are cranky about it for a little while and then get over it and everyone's happier, you know? Uh, and I, I think, I guess I'm a little surprised that Facebook so quickly turned around and rushed into paying them off to make it go away. Somebody there was clearly unhappy with public sentiment or how they were being portrayed in media or something. Um, I'm just, I'm just a little surprised because they, they, if their numbers are correct, news is not an important part of their business. Uh, it seems not worth the money, but also maybe not worth the, the reputation hit that they are getting um, from, uh, from it. So I guess, you know, we're not, we're not going to find out. <laughs> so that experiment has been canceled. Yes, Adam, uh, you know, maybe we will see this potential experiment play out somewhere else and see how uh, that lack of news benefits journalism, benefits, you know, misinformation and the spread of it. Uh, you know, it, we'll just have to wait and see if, it, if this conversation bubbles up in another part of the, the globe. But until then, We'll be keeping an eye on it. Uh, and if you aren't already following Joshua Locock, please do from our organization. He is uh, all up on this conversation. Definitely go follow him. Well, Adam, next up, we got to talk about the big event this week from Spotify, their Stream On event, where they announced essentially their forward outlook for Spotify and audio and podcasts this year. Um, just initial thoughts. Were you excited about it? Were uh, I mean, you... I thought it was really great. It was, it was definitely more of a you know, sort of upfront thing that was focused on uh, advertisers, brands, and investors, um, and less of a consumer-focused thing. There were not, I think, tons of consumer-focused announcements. But I think that it is – it's interesting because I think they've presented the clearest – 
picture in a while that we've seen from them of like, really, what is the strategy? Um, I think we've got a much better idea now as to how podcasts fit into the larger picture for Spotify. I think it's very clear they want to own the entire audio space and podcasts are a great way to have a creator economy inside of their platform. Really, they were very clear that they're really pursuing all forms of monetization. Um, and that that is obviously, we, we sort of have this, the standards for music and that there's the ad supported tier and the, the premium tier, both of which pay into the artists on the music side of things. But they made very clear that they will be supporting ads for podcasts, uh, subscriptions for podcasts, like an all, there will be an all you can eat subscription for podcasts, but also a la carte podcast subscriptions. It sounds like we may get a la carte both at the podcast level and maybe even at the show level. So like, that sounds like a lot. It sounds like they're, you know, throwing, throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. But I actually think it's, it's more about making sure that cre that any audio creator feels like they can monetize on Spotify, uh, which is, I think, the goal. It's like they're not all those options may be as popular as others. But if you have a business model around audio, they, they want you to come to Spotify, right. um, which I think is is uh, a good message to have. Yeah. I, 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 I totally agree. And just I, I wanted this kind of this like homeless and just a bit more here. So yep. when you think about Spotify strategy and you're saying like, like they've established this as a bit more clear and concise, like what what is that keeping podcasts as a creator platform to grow potentially not only larger spotify subscriptions but just overall interest in the audio space and kind of making themselves an aggregator of the audio environment yeah so i think that they they want to be an an, ag an aggregator in audio yes okay. and i think that that um the thing that was not clear before was how do podcasts work in that space because you have on one hand you have spotify exclusives that they yep. they've purchased and that that they're developing but you also have podcasts outside of spotify so what's the plan for inside versus outside of spotify um if i if you are not a, a spotify ex exclusive which is of course going to be relatively small at least in the short term how like why do you care about Spotify? Um, and the answer is that they they will have monetization tools. The audience network will let you um, use Spotify's ad insertion platform on Spotify, but also off platform. Um, so their new um, their new hosting provider, even if you you want to distribute your podcast outside of Spotify, mm -hmm. if you use their hosting platform, you can do that. You monetize at one rate when you, listeners listen on Spotify, which will be a higher rate, but you still monetize using ads provided by Spotify outside of Spotify. So if someone listens in Apple Podcasts or in Overcast or in Google Podcasts or wherever else, they're or on the web, for example, um, you, the ads are, are not probably, from what we know, they're probably not going to be quite as dynamic because of the streaming versus download distinction. But um, you will still be able to use Spotify's ad products um, off-platform. Until this week, it was not entirely clear that they were going to do that. But I think it's a very smart approach that speaks to the, at least right now, the reality of podcasting is that most of it happens uh, outside of Spotify. And so this is a really nice, nice way that incentivizes podcasters to promote listening on Spotify and include their podcast there, but allows them to use Spotify tools to monetize off platform as well. The product announcement was Spotify's audience network. Uh, it is really the integration of their acquisition of Megaphone uh, into Spotify and how we're going to see those Spotify ad products and those Megaphone ad products blend together and the different optionalities that kind of come with that. And I thought it was a pretty creative approach, right? We have seen a way in which a essentially like a walled garden is going to work with the open ecosystem 
And I thought it was very clever that the way they're going to do that is you can essentially do both if you don't want to be a Spotify exclusive. We're just going to charge more for your podcast within the podcast within the Spotify app, which I think is clever and interesting, and opens up the conversation of does Spotify exclusives become not exclusive over time? Um, how does that kind of work? Like, do they become more lead generation or user acquisition for the larger Spotify product? Like, there's a lot of things you can start to do when you start to kind of tear out those pricing structures, open up the walled garden a little bit there, which I thought was a very creative approach to their solution. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think it is set up to incentivize more podcasters who have not been on Spotify to be to start moving to Spotify, especially on the hosting side of things. Uh, now, the interesting thing about the hosting also is that obviously that enables Sp- Spotify to power ads in your podcast, but it, it also gives them incredible analytics on terms of listenership. So it, it is, it, it's sort of like, it, it lets them understand what people are listening to. So that is pr- primarily probably where additional acquisitions for Spotify originals are going to come from is them watching downloads from that are hosted by them on their platform outside of the app. And they're like, oh, we really need to get these people in as an exclusive, or we need to start working closer with, with, you know, podcast X, Y, and Z to uh, start creating Spotify uh, exclusive features. So they might, it, it, it might be about becoming an original. It might be about uh, saying, Hey, why don't you start offering a, a paid subscription tier with bonus content inside of Spotify? The tools are already there, uh, you know, and we're going to give you, this rate on that or whatever. Um, so it's, it's, it's an interesting play there. Um, I think a lot of podcasts to move to Spotify for hosting, if you have any inkling of monetizing using any of their tools in the future of like that being the place where, where you, you host. And I think going forward, it will mean a lot of podcasts just start on Spotify, right? Um, even if they're they're open and distributed outside of Spotify in the future. Right. They've kind of like reduced some of the anxiety that was around creating with Spotify is that like, so you're, like you're going to cut off my whole audience. The, right. the other thing I thought was really interesting, and you mentioned this before, Adam, was that they're now announcing paid, paid podcast support. And that's super interesting because a lot of the podcasts in you know the ecosystem right now they have private RSS feeds for their paid listeners. Cause that, and, and that's a big model or a big stream of rev- a revenue for those podcasters that was preventing them from being on Spotify because they couldn't give individual unique feeds to their listener group. And so for people that were listening on Spotify, you couldn't have access to these premium plans or these bonus content, whatever, whatever it might be. Well, this changes that now. Now there's, it seems like there'll be a way for if you're a podcaster to offer your premium streams on the Spotify platform in a way that uh, doesn't, you know, essentially give it out for free, which is super exciting. Spotify, this is great. Uh, This is something that people have wanted for a long time. It is so clunky in the the larger open podcast ecosystem to offer a paid podcast um, or a paid members only feed. Um, It is possible. Lots of lots of podcasts do it, but it's not a good experience for the consumer. Um, And I think that that really Spotify is 
coming in here as doing what an aggregator should do and using their their plot the fact that they control the entire stack yep. to offer a better experience and and better features like you would never pay for a you know one episode of a podcast because it's just so <laughs> overwhelmingly complicated to do something like that but that is something that down the line Spotify might offer because it's just tapping tapping a button in the app mm-hmm. and you could pay a dollar for an episode totally <clears throat> if you just want to hear an interview with whoever the that guest was right yep um, they could offer free trials it'll be super easy to be like you can try this podcast for a month um, you know I think there's a they'll, they'll offer better metrics for the creators it, it is the kind of thing that the only other per, other player in the space who's really set up to do this is Apple mm-hmm. people have been asking Apple to do this for a long time and Apple hasn't done it I feel like a lot of the things that Spotify is doing frankly in podcasting are things that Apple could have done literally 10 years ago <laughs> and, um, it's good to see somebody coming along and and moving the industry forward it makes me feel good that a lot of these features are it's a carrot and not a stick to get you using spotify um as Mm -hmm. as your as a an end point for your distribution um and i think that's the the right approach it's it's Mm -hmm. creating a virtuous cycle for creators which will then create a virtuous cycle for consumers yep and i think that's the key here that we're starting to see across the board in podcasting is everybody is focusing on creators. And that may have been, this may not have been like the biggest insight, right? But if we see how Spotify is positioning themselves and all the different tools that they're creating, uh, if we look at other competitors like Acast and, you know, their recent acquisition of uh, Radio Public and the partnership that they had there specifically for uh, pod sites, which is a way for creators to easily make websites for their podcasts. We saw Spotify make an announcement or a partnership with WordPress, to, to do something similar. And so there's a lot of focus on the creator and providing tools for those creators to access their audience, to get their podcast hosted, to make the whole experience easier. So that way you will come create with them. You'll make content for them. And then you, the, 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 the company can then go and monetize that on the, on the back end. And I think that's where we're going to see a continued focus for podcasting is on that creator uh, and making tools for them to make their lives easier. Uh, and it was in- interesting to see essentially how the market starts to differentiate between Spotify, Apple, Acast, and some of the smaller players uh, to kind of you know get creators to come to them and host with them uh, and build with them and kind of push the whole industry forward, which I think we're seeing here to your point. Uh, I think we're really starting to see just where this is going to go and how great it can be. Uh, and you know, I'm starting to see the accessibility to dollar signs, which drives people to do things. Uh, one other announcement I want to talk about that was specific to uh, advertising is that uh, Spotify has announced that podcast advertising is now coming to their self-serve platform called Spotify Ad Studios. So uh, similar to a Facebook dashboard where you can go in there's ads manager and, and buy your uh, advertising there across Facebook. That same self-serve platform is available on Spotify for music it is now available for podcasts as well, uh, which just makes it really easy for people to go out there and you know start to get into the world of podcast advertising, run some tests at all levels of uh, business you know scale, small or large. Uh, I think that's pretty exciting. And again, that just creates one more funnel for more money to come into podcasts through Spotify specifically, which again, is pretty appetizing to content creators that are looking to monetize off the show, uh, no matter what their scale is. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great step. I think it'll open up um, podcast advertising to a lot of you know businesses that hadn't been able to access it before. A lot of this is how s- these self-serve platforms are how small businesses really move into uh, new areas. And I think it's, it's exciting because for a long time, self-serve meant Facebook and Google uh, digitally. And now it also means uh, folks like Spotify and Hulu. Uh, and that's really exciting. 
to kind of s- summarize the the stream on event here, it really seems like Spotify has positioned themselves as the leader in the streaming audio space, whether that's music or podcasts or podcasts with video, uh, wh- whatever that kind of product combination might might be. And it's it's exciting, you know. I think this is some we're we're really starting to see some innovation in a space that for the longest time uh, a lot of people have were were stuck or confused or didn't know how to move forward with. Um, and so I think Spotify is really kind of starting to, to blaze this trail. Uh, but with that, you know, there's plenty of competition, you know, again, whether that's coming from Acast or Intercom or these other, uh, you know, groups in the space, it, I think it's going to be a really exciting, uh, you know, place to not only be a podcast producer or a creator, but also a listener uh, because all of these companies are competing to make the best possible experience. And Adam, speaking of competition... We talked about Clubhouse before. We may as well talk yep. about it now. And Twitter Spaces, <laughs> yeah. how does that play into this? Should uh, we be afraid? Should Spotify be afraid? <laughs> I mean, so this is this is interesting. Um, they actually addressed this directly in the conversation. I think I don't, I don't think they w- were would necessarily have been expecting to, except for the past few weeks. There's been so much talk about Clubhouse, which is frankly a little exhausting. <laughs> it is. Um, it, I, it totally is. <laughs> Clubhouse has 10 million users. Like, let's call it, let's take it down a notch. Um, but um, but Adam, have you heard they have a one billion dollar potential evaluation? Uh, I mean, yes, I'm sure Andreessen Horowitz is very excited about that. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I mean, look, social audio from from Clubhouse or Twitter Spaces, I think, is interesting. Spotify made pretty clear that they do not feel like they need to compete in that space. Um, I think that the best way to think about this is that um, Spotify in the audio space is capturing the the premium tier of the market mm-hmm. with music and sort of professional podcasts, and that's sort of equivalent to Netflix. Um, they're capturing the premium UGC tier of the market, um, which is sort of equivalent to YouTube, where mm-hmm. it, uh, you know people producing their own content, but uh, but it might literally be one person doing it, but it's a little bit higher production quality than uh, something you do on your lunch break. And what they're not capturing right now is the truly casual user-generated content uh, from things like Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces, which I think is more akin to TikTok. Um, Mm. That's not to say, obviously, TikTok is incredibly popular. There's a huge space there for that social audio. Um, But at least right now, Spotify feels like they don't need to compete in that market. And I think that that 100% 100% makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very new market. Getting in early is always can be a good idea. Um, maybe they will, you know, kick themselves for not buying Clubhouse. But uh, I think there are a lot of questions as to the longevity of this format and where exactly this format goes in the future. At the end of the day, um, you know, the, the there's a lot of attention on audio right now because it is non-rivalrous with a lot of other stuff that we do. You can be listening to audio while you're reading an article, while you're working, while you're doing dishes. At the end of the day, you are only listening to either music or podcast or a clubhouse room. <laughs> so it is rivalrous with other audio, but it, you know, it is a little more of a green field in terms of other uh, content. So I'm sure they're watching. I'm sure they're watching the numbers and they'll they'll see what the what the engagement is and if it if it ends up becoming so much engagement that they think it makes sense, I'm sure we will see something like that on inside of Spotify. The other side of the coin though that I think they are rightly cautious about is they um 
by moving from music into podcast, they already opened the door a little bit to requiring some content moderation and content sensitivity. Uh, that gets very complicated when you're a global company like Spotify, um, because it's different in different markets, sort of what what can be available. And, and I think that we talk about the splinter net, I think that's going to increase a lot in terms of like, lo- local governments imposing different restrictions on the platforms. And, you know, up until they had podcasts, they didn't have to worry about that, because music all went through gatekeepers. Podcasts opened the door to that. Uh, something like Clubhouse opens the door even more because it's live. <laughs> like trying to moderate that live audio has been a real problem for Clubhouse, frankly. Um, and I think that that is some uh, a problem that Spotify is glad to not have at the moment. <laughs> no, totally. Clubhouse and it's all its all its hype and what it's doing for social audio. It can really be a feature to Spotify, and you know, it could be. and it can be a creator tool for for, for podcasters that like opens up a way to do essentially live events virtually and things like that. There's a lot of really interesting, I think parallels that funnel really well into podcasting specifically and the audio space. And, you know, to your point, I think there's a place where these things kind of consist or can, can exist, you know, uh, together, uh, that they kind of complement each other. But of course, to your point, you know, watch it, see where it goes. Uh, it might be worth an acquisition. It might be worth building something of, of your own. Um, I can I can see the synergies between the two and how they can you know benefit from each other. And- it makes sense. It, it makes sense that that um, if Spotify wanted a social network, it would be a social audio network. Right. We now know what that looks like. Yep. If if Spotify wants to eliminate you opening any other app to listen to audio for any reason it might make sense to have something like clubhouse. Um, but, uh, I think that those are, those are additive there. There's already a big market they're addressing (laughs) music and podcasts. And I think the question is, we don't know how big that social audio market is going to be, and it might not be worth. And I think they're, they're correctly thinking it might not be worth the time and money uh, and risk of integrating something like like a clubhouse to the platform that might not be as big of a payoff as some people are currently saying thinking about mm-hmm. clubhouse because there is a little bit of a clubhouse bubble at the moment right yeah well it's interesting and again we are biased as audio nerds we have a podcast and so uh this is definitely a space that we will continue to track and follow uh and provide updates with um so listeners thank you so much uh again if you have any questions you can find myself and adam on twitter or send us an email uh, and we'll be back next week 